Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. Dorothy. Dorothy was at the center of it all. Dorothy somehow knew them all. Dorothy was a spider at the center of the spider's web. And if they could find her, maybe they could stop it. During the early 1980s, the Naval Intelligence Service at the Great Lakes Naval Base, just outside Chicago, were trying to root out a secret gay Illuminati. They were trying to find an underground and unseen network of gay men in the U.S. Navy, and they were trying to get to what bound them all together. Dorothy. But who was Dorothy? How could they find her? And why, oh why, did she have so many friends? Now, it's not like these military men were acting on bad intel. They knew that there were gay men in the U.S. Navy because a gay sailor had told them as much. This is a quote from Randy Schultz. He is a journalist who dealt with a lot of gay rights issues. He's also a fellow graduate of the University of Oregon. And he wrote in his book, Conduct Unbecoming, about gays and lesbians in the U.S. military, the following... Quote, when Mel Dahl first enlisted in late 1980, he told Navy doctors that he was homosexual, and his affirmative answer was recorded on his enlistment forms. The issue did not come up again until March 1981, just weeks after the new gay policy went into effect when the Naval Investigative Service conducted a probe to upgrade Dahl's security clearance for his admission to cryptography school. After the routine questions about whether he had ever written a bad check or joined the Communist Party, the NIS agent asked Dahl about whether he had any gay friends. When Dahl said that he did, the NIS agent asked whether one of these friends had ever made a pass at him. Dahl said, yes. The agent then asked whether Dahl was gay, and Dahl said he was. The NIS agent terminated the interview, and days later, Dahl was informed that he was being discharged under the new regulations, which allowed for the removal of anyone who said he was gay. Unquote. What I find amazing about that story, by the way, is that apparently Dahl was doing a great job and was probably going to go to cryptography school. Also, he had been completely honest and transparent. It's not like his homosexuality was new information. Had they just bothered to look up some files on him, they could have found that. Anyway, Dahl sought representation with different civil liberties groups, but was not able to secure it. What he was able to get, though, was his story out there, and he began talking to the press. He began telling local newspapers about why he had been discharged from the U.S. Navy, and he also said that gay men in the U.S. Navy was not particularly unusual. He was not the only gay guy at that naval base. It was not considered something all that strange or foreign to people there. And he also emphasized that he had never misrepresented himself, falsified anything, or lied when asked a direct question. So Dahl's story being in the local media got the Naval Investigative Services at this military base more interested in a potential hidden gay subculture within the U.S. Navy. And, as the investigators delved further into the matter, they realized something. Many of these gay men, 
many of these servicemen, they all seem to have a mutual friend. Going to quote from Randy Schiltz one more time. He writes, quote, In gay bars known to attract military personnel, Dahl learned that NIS agents were asking pointed questions about someone named Dorothy. When one unfortunate sailor acknowledged that he was gay, in order to get out of the Navy, NIS agents sat him down and told him they knew all about Dorothy. What they wanted to know from him was how to find her. The sailor, who was too young to know the code, was baffled. Unquote. By now you have probably figured out who Dorothy is. Dorothy is, of course, a fictional character. Dorothy is Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz, played by Judy Garland. And the term friend of Dorothy in the middle 20th century was a common slang term for gay men. Plenty of you are saying, well, of course it was. I remember when that was a common term from earlier in my life. But if you are my age or younger, this might be news to you. Now, we are not entirely sure where this term comes from. There are two not necessary competing, maybe complementary theories about it. One is that Judy Garland herself was something of a gay icon. She did have a lot of gay fans. She was also known to have a lot of gay men in her life. And Judy Garland was, well, okay, she was not, in fact, an early LGBTQI advocate in the way that we would understand it now. Uh, when asked direct questions about her gay fans, she would say things like she was in favor of all human rights, or everybody, or that her music was for everyone, regardless of who they were, and ended up kind of dodging the issue. In private, though, she was known to be pretty okay with gay people. Since her passing, Judy Garland's association with queerness has also had something of a kind of weird causality misconception around it. Her funeral was the same day as the Stonewall Riots, June 28, 1969. And in some accounts of Stonewall, Judy Garland's death is seen as kind of like a spark or a bit of causality for it. Like everyone was sort of mad and bummed out that she was dead, her funeral was that day, and therefore riots in modern gay rights. In my understanding, though, that is something of an oversimplification. So there's Judy Garland, like the real person who could have been a source for the friend of Dorothy slang term. There's also the Wizard of Oz, and I think that this is maybe a more interesting origin story for the term friend of Dorothy, because it's very easy to look at the Wizard of Oz and see it through a queer lens. Now, I am not gay, so I feel a little bit unqualified talking about this, but here we go. Dorothy Gale lives in Kansas. It is dull, it is drab, and it is black and white. She does not feel like she is her true self there, and she wants to escape. Somewhere over the rainbow, where she can actually be herself, be authentic, and have the experiences that are currently unavailable to her. She does, in fact, escape somewhere over the rainbow. The experience there is new, it is overwhelming, it is sometimes frightening, but it enriches her as a person, and she also meets other people like herself. 
she meets the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, all of whom have assigned roles. The Scarecrow is supposed to, well, scare crows. It's right there in his name. However, he is not scary. Instead of being a figure of fright, he longs for a life of the mind instead of one where he just brutally chases birds away. Then she meets the Tin Man. The Tin Man, it's his whole job to chop down trees, but it turns out that he is not well suited for it. His expectations, tree chopper robot, and what he is actually good at and built for, like being made out of metal, have a certain amount of disalignment. He longs to have a heart. He longs to be more empathetic. He wants to be more than just an automaton, and he wants to explore that emotional side of him and not just be destructive. Then, of course, you have the cowardly lion. You have an animal that is the very picture of conventional masculinity. However, he is not interested in that. He, in fact, describes himself as a dandy lion. And it turns out he's not cowardly at all. Toward the end of The Wizard of Oz, the Cowardly Lion does demonstrate he is capable of feats of bravery and heroism. However, his mode of being brave, and his mode of being heroic, and his way of expressing himself in his day-to-day -day life differs from what is expected of him as a lion. Then there's Oz himself. When they find Oz, he fronts. He projects an image of conventional masculinity. He is Oz the Great and Powerful. He has a deep voice, there are flames, and it's all very frightening and dramatic. However, he is outed. He's dragged out of the closet in an almost literal sense. When they find the man behind the curtain, they find that he is smaller, far more gentle, and way more into hot air balloons than the image that was projected out there. Now, I know in episode 74, I talked about the Wizard of Oz and monetary policy and said that that interpretation was kind of crazy. But here's the difference between that and this. Saying that L. Frank Baum secretly wanted the Wizard of Oz to be all about the gold standard and silver standard and bimetallism is to be eisegetical. That is to assume intent on the part of the author and to read your own conclusions into the author's intent. However, this interpretation is people taking a work and identifying with it, deriving value from it, empathizing with it, and seeing bits of themselves in fictional characters, which I think is a very different and much more honest enterprise. So, because of that... I dearly hope that the term Friends of Dorothy does indeed come from The Wizard of Oz, because I think a queer reading of The Wizard of Oz is an interpretation that makes that movie much better and much richer. Now, what happened to Mel Dahl? He had his day in court. In 1993, a federal court did decide that the U.S. Navy had made a decision grounded in prejudice when they discharged Mel Dahl did not directly impact the Clinton administration's don't-ask-don't-tell policy. And even though they were oblivious about who Dorothy was and who her friends were, the U.S. Navy was very active in finding and discharging gay servicemen and women. Over 1,976 people over the course of the 1980s were discharged from the U.S. Navy because they were gay, and the U.S. Navy's discharges made up 
over half, about 55% of all of the discharges for homosexuality during that decade. It wasn't until 2013 that openly queer people could serve in the United States military. In today's world, the term Friends of Dorothy has somewhat fallen out of fashion. There is little need for a code word anymore, which is probably for the best that one can simply be honest as opposed to saying something encoded. The only place where it's still used with any frequency is on cruises, where Friends of Dorothy means that there is going to be some kind of LGBTQI plus event happening somewhere on a very fancy boat. And one last thing, happy pride. I know we're at the tail end of it, but it is still technically June. As always, this is an independent podcast supported by you, the listeners. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com to become a monthly supporter. Uh, I am on social media, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast, and on Twitter, at Joe Streckert. That's at J-O-E-S-T-R-E-C-K-E-R-T. Go on Apple Podcasts. Give us stars and reviews. That helps other people discover the show. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.